This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a loud orange hat on my head and a whistle. Long time no see. Yeah. Back-to-back recordings. Kind of. We recorded yesterday. We did. And four days before that. We recorded time after time yesterday. We have Demolition Man today. I'm going to record with Stu on Sunday uh, to finish out our 90s disco films with 54. And then I'm done for a month, month and a half, something like that. It was a dramatic pause. (laughs) I almost said two months. (laughs) I was thinking, well, it's not two months. But and then I'm done for. We <laughs> <laughs> got a little dark for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if it helps, I just saw a notification on my phone that says the new suicide hotline is going to be nine eight eight, starting on July sixteenth. What so was it before? <laughs> it was like a ten digit uh, eight hundred number. Mm. I don't remember what it is. Thank God I haven't needed it. <laughs> well, I didn't get that text that notification. It was a Yahoo uh, headline. Even so, I mean, I get all their stupid emails. I accidentally open a Yahoo uh, notification from time to time, and then they just start coming nonstop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was one of them there standardizing a three-digit suicide hotline number in the u.s well then we can stop seeing all those what do you want to call it all those it's like every article you see where somebody harms himself if you or someone you know is you know thinking about this here's the number you know call this hotline in the u.s or for the uk it's this or this or that i guess it'd be a lot more a lot simpler now they tack that onto the end of TV shows now. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's funny, I've been watching some of these old sitcoms over the last uh, couple of years, probably. And like back in the early 90s, there was always at least one episode of every sitcom that had jokes about people committing suicide and like how funny it was. <laughs> and they didn't have the PSAs at the end. Like, oh, if you or somebody you know are having a hard time, call the hotline. Can't make those jokes anymore. Sure can't. You'd violate the verbal moralities. Because it's not good for you. So it's bad. <laughs> Therefore illegal. <laughs> yes. That's right. Today we are talking Demolition Man from 1994. Let's see. Three. Three. 1993. Sorry. Which is earlier than I thought. I didn't uh, I didn't think it was that uh, that old. Yeah, I, I mean, was from the 90s. 
Yeah, I, I knew it was from the 90s, but I didn't think it was 93. I thought it was later in the decade. There was that run of sci-fi action with Demolition Man and Face Off with the futuristic surgery. Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. There was some real sci-fi action with uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to rewatch that. I, I heard people think it's good now. Well, people always thought it's good. It's Paul Verhoeven. You know, he, he can do no wrong. Uh, well, I heard that it was the worst movie ever made for like a decade. <laughs> well, and Battlefield now- Earth came out only about two years after that so and now it's like oh did you know there's subtext here that it's, <laughs> <laughs> that he's not saying what he's saying like it's it's satire like did you know that <laughs> well the guy who built his career on subtext and satire did another one what did you know that he's not actually promoting nazism <laughs> and fascism that he's kind of making fun of it <laughs> So he's not calling for a police state in RoboCop, so you're saying. <laughs> a corporatized police state. What? That's news to me. That was my favorite part of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the name of that corporation? It had, uh, had its hand in everything. Was it Omnicore? <laughs> or uh, Omnicorp? <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah. I liked that they're... Uh, their preferred police robot couldn't go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the future. Stairs are going to be a thing of the past. It's like you couldn't put like like rollers on it or wheel, you know, something. Mm-hmm. We should be okay now because Boston Dynamics has figured out how to make their robots go up and down stairs, and then they can jump on boxes and stuff too, and open doors. Yeah, do flips. And then uh, Google created sentient AI. <laughs> so uh, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost going to make all these sci-fi movies come true. Elon Musk has that Neuralink that's about to come out. Yeah, he's got the brain chip. <laughs> from... Play music straight to your brain. <laughs> he's got the brain chip from Upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you blink your eyes and wake up and say, I know Kung Fu. all right well let's get into demolition man here are the details from 1993 directed by marco brambella trying to figure out what i know him for nothing really it looks like yeah i didn't recognize his name or any of the writers his 18 directing credits but yeah it's a lot of shorts one mini series he did three episodes even did a Kanye At, West music video. Excess baggage is like the only. <laughs> I know of that. <laughs> I never saw it. I don't, I don't even know what that is. That was the last thing Silverstone did before she was forgotten. <laughs> it's got Benicio del Toro, Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. So he's done like two. He did. He did two full-length features, and then just kind of disappeared into the world of shorts well i guess hollywood headed in for him after he ruined silverstone's career said this man has to be stopped well, obviously demolition man was such a a uh, flop uh you know he, two strikes you're out in hollywood 
Was it that big of a flop though? I don't know. It's it gets better every time you watch it because it it becomes more and more accurate as time goes on. Looking at the box office here, it says the budget was around 57 million. Opening weekend, 14 million, a little over. Worldwide gross, it says 58 million. So yeah, this was not too big of a hit. You account for marketing and all that. It's, you know, it, I'm sure it made its money back and then some on home video, but well, the US wasn't a big hit. The US and Canada gross is the same as the worldwide gross. Yeah. So I noticed that too. If, so I'm wondering if they didn't how, how would this not have been released in other countries? You would think it would be. This this would be a huge hit overseas, I would think. Yeah. And I thought it did get released overseas because uh, I remember it's probably in the trivia, but I've heard that in uh, in other markets, they changed Taco Bell to Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, 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 because oh, this was also kind of in Sly's uh, downswing, kind of a called a swoon, maybe. Because he had a couple of flops in a row. Judge Dredd was 95. Yeah, 95 for Judge Dredd. He had The Specialist, which nobody really went and saw. Assassins, which I, yeah. I see assassins everywhere these days. Like Everybody's like all in on assassins all of a sudden. Copland kind of brought him back a little bit because they thought, well, you know, this is... Kind of a prestige picture. You know, he can act again. Yeah. Directed by James Mangold. Got his career going. Well, I thought Copland was kind of a, a downer with the critics also. Uh, well, I mean, even, even the Metascore is 64, which is pretty good. I bet you it's even higher on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, it didn't win a lot of Oscars or anything, but. <laughs> I remember when it came out, I mean, <laughs> I guess most movies when they come out, you know, they always put up the, even if it's a shitty movie, there's always three good reviews that they plaster all over the, all over the trailer. Yeah. But I do remember the the blurbs and uh, good reviews for Copland, but well, we- and then I saw it many years later and thought, eh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt the same way. Uh, so leading up to uh, Demolition Man, let's see. I don't know how far back I should go. Oscar, I'm sure, was a big yeah. bomb. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> so it's after Rocky Four, he's got Cobra, Over the Top, Rambo Three, Lock Up, Tango and Cash, Rocky Five, Oscar. Stopper, my mom will shoot, and cliffhanger, and then demolition man. Yeah, he's doing a lot of comedy in the early 90s, kind of starting with Tango and Cash. And let's look at that Tango and Cash. It looks like it uh had a modest uh worldwide gross, 63 million, uh, 63 and a half off of a 55 million dollar budget. So a slightly bigger hit than Demolition Man. <laughs> And you can tell after Rambo three, it was kind of downhill. Yeah. I never saw Oscar. 
Neither did I. But I, I'm guessing that's another one where he's like, I got to play against type because people are, you know, just casting me as Rambo and Rocky. Mm-hmm. Stop or my mom will shoot wasn't a big hit. Well, if you're to believe Arnold Schwarzenegger, he uh, tricked Stallone into taking that <laughs> yeah. role. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffhanger, I remember getting a ton of buzz, but I don't know if that one was uh, considered a hit or not. I think it was probably his biggest hit uh, of the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah, it made $255 million worldwide. And, you know, it was parodied in Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Oh, it's parodied uh, everywhere. Everybody yeah. was doing cliffhanger parodies. Mm-hmm. I forget, was it... Uh, I can't remember if it was Mad TV or SNL or something. Like, I don't know. Somebody did a parody called Cliff Faker. And it was mm. uh, it was a guy hanging on a cliff, but it was really like in a studio and he was like two feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't remember where it's from, but it, it just popped into my head. All right. Well, let's get to the cast. Sylvester Stallone plays John Spartan. Wesley Snipes is Simon Phoenix. Sandra Bullock as Lenina Huxley. Nigel Hawthorne is Dr. Raymond Cocteau. Benjamin Bratt is Alfredo Garcia. Alfredo Garcia. (laughs) Bob Gunton is Chief George Earl. Glenn Shaddix as Associate Bob, who... He had such a weird career at this time because he was kind of, you know, skating off the coattails of Beetlejuice and he just wore the same thing and wore his hair the same way. Pick a color, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he just did a lot of Tim Burton stuff and he was in Heathers. I thought he died a lot earlier than he did. He was, uh, he died in 2010, but I thought he died Mm -hmm. like in the 90s. Why did I yeah. think he died in the 90s? Yeah, his career did, I guess. Oh, that's it. He did a lot of... Uh, looks like he did a lot of TV shows based on movies. Mm. Dennis Leary is Edgar Friendly. Grand Ale Bush is Zachary Lamb. That's the young version of Zachary Lamb. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, young version. And then there's... Uh, Bill Cobbs is the aged version of Zachary Lamb. Steve Kahn, which this time, this time I realized they're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Steve Cahan played Captain Healy. He was also the chief or or lieutenant in the Lethal Weapon movies. So he's kind of uh, typecast in this role. Jack Black, I didn't even recognize him in there. Who did he see play? That? He said Wasteland Scrap. So he must have been in the, he in must, the sewers. Yeah, he must have been a sewer person. Did not see him. I didn't recognize him at all. If I even saw him. Although he was in a lot of movies back in the in the 90s where it's just like a background character. Yeah, but uh, The Jackal was 96. And that's one of the earliest things I remember him in where he had a decent sized role, had several lines, you know, but did we say Rob Schneider? 
I didn't see him in here scrolling through. Where is he? He was in the opening credits, I thought. He's listed as uncredited as Irwin. That's weird. Who's that other cop that uh, was in a bunch of those 90s movies? The bigger guy. Um, God, I can't remember what it is. He was in Ace Ventura. You're talking about the Pedactor and Ace Ventura? The guy who hooks up with the crying game? <laughs> I think so. Roger Pedactor. That's his name. He gets thrown off of his uh, building. And I think it's suicide, but he, then they, Ace Ventura figures out that it was a murder because he found Captain Winky. I swear to God, I've only seen the first uh, Ace Ventura one time. Mm. So <laughs> I don't. Something you got a remedy. I, I don't remember a lot of it. I think I saw it 20 times before the age of nine, I, 10. I think I saw the second one first. Yeah. Here's a fun fact. Here's a little fun fact Adrian Barbeau was the voice of the mainframe computer. Didn't know that. Interesting. I can't find this cop's name. It was did you say his name or was that his character's name in the uh Ace Ventura? Uh let's see. Now I gotta find it again. Oh, Jesse Ventura is one of the cryocons that uh, gets yeah. Uh, I was surprised he didn't have much of a speaking role. I don't remember a line that he said. I don't think he says anything, but he shoots the cocktail at the end like he gets the big kill at yeah. the end that's strange though because he's in predator he's in the running man semi-prominent roles in both of those films that predates this and he he would have been uh doing commentary for wcw at this time so it's like he's known for talking yeah he must have had some uh deleted scenes he might have been on the city council at that time too which which city council was he on wasn't it brooklyn park i think so something like that brooklyn center brooklyn park now he lives in mexico (laughs) yeah anyways i can't remember what that guy's name was i swear i think he was in uh uh total recall just watch Total Recall. I, I saw him in something else recently too. That cop I was thinking of. Mm. I, you'd think he'd have a picture with his name though, but I can't seem to find it. Here, I'm gonna go to Ace Ventura. See if it's the guy you're talking about. Or he might have been in some of these uh, '90s sitcoms I've been watching too. Yeah, Troy Evans. That's the one I'm thinking of that's in Ace Ventura. Let me see if I can find him on the Demolition Man. He looks like the Denim Dan. (laughs) (laughs) There he is. He's listed as Tough Cop. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, that's definitely him. So that's the one you were thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he was in Fear and Loathing. He was the police chief in Fear and Loathing. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's the one at the hotel that uh, Christopher yeah. Maloney shoots on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he calls him, a, he calls him the uh, f bomb or something. Yeah, he, he does. He was also in Boy Meets World. Um, hotel is just right down the street. It has a pool. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Home Improvement. Uh, let's 
see. Yeah, a lot of stuff in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. This movie's very 90s. It's a nice little time capsule, even though it's in the future. But there's a lot of 90s style. I thought Simon Phoenix's style was straight out of New Jack City. <laughs> thought that it had the same wardrobe, except he has blonde hair. Well, you know, uh, Dennis Rodman started dyeing his hair because of this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, one might infer that the Golden Lords from The Meteor Man also <laughs> borrowed some uh, fashion tips Lords. from Simon Lords. Phoenix. Lords, Lords, Lords. <laughs> also, White Man Can't Jump, a little bit of that fashion too. It's that early 90s, you know, the big hammer pants <laughs> well, yeah, the, Phoenix uh, is wearing. He had the uh, overalls. overalls. Yes. Later, he wears a a suit made of tire rubber. Yeah. (laughs) And there's no explanation. He just starts wearing it. And then... uh, Yeah, it kind of looks like a CNC music factory or House of Pain music video or something. uh, All the Cryocons had the same same style once they got uh, unfroze. Yeah synopsis a police officer is brought out of suspended animation in prison to pursue an old ultra-violent nemesis who is loose in a non-violent future society bit of the old ultra-violence yes doesn't have time for a bit of the in and out just a bit of the old (laughs) ultra-violence so when was the first time that you saw this and i can't remember because i thought i had seen it maybe in college or something uh but i'm not sure if i actually did and then i i definitely watched it again maybe four or five years ago now because i remember thinking that it wasn't that good the first time i watched it but like every time i watch it since then like i feel like it gets better Hmm. and now i really like it like the last two times i watched it like this is fucking fantastic yeah i think i saw bits and pieces on tv edited in the late 90s i'd say but i don't really remember watching it often i don't think i saw it from beginning to end really since it came out in 93 i'm sure my family would have rented it but i was i mean like i said at that time i could see i could see pretty much any radar movie if it was edited on tv Mm. the other ones they would have had to have seen first to make sure there's no nudity, you know, like, you know, make me leave during the really violent or the nude scenes or whatever. So I, you know, they wouldn't have seen it in 93 or 94. And I know they didn't see it in theaters. So I don't think I saw this on as a rental in the mid nineties. So the first time I really remember watching it from start to finish, probably even after college, say around 2010, 2011 i thought i gotta see this demolition man (laughs) starting to get into the nostalgia right wanted to look at things from 20 years prior like i remember how cool wesley snipes looked with the blonde hair it's probably when snipes went into prison you know i I yearned for for wesley snipes (laughs) i was thinking god he looks so cool in those demolition man trailers we should watch that right and then I, I remember watching it for the basically the first time and thinking, 
it's more of a comedy that I thought it was going to be. I thought it was more of a straight up action, but there's a lot of comedy in this. So I guess I was kind of thrown off, but I've, I've liked it a, a lot more on repeat viewings. I think part of that is like the, the further along we go in society, the, the more accurate their predictions of the future <laughs> are becoming, or at least it feels that way. Um, yeah, that's first of my notes. We could start talking about the movie with what does Demolition Man get right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a it's a meatless society because it really seems like we're heading that way. Yeah. I saw that article the other day saying how something like three pounds of grasshoppers has the same or it has uh, 15 times more protein than three pounds of red meat, something like that. They keep trying to get us to eat bugs. It's, yeah. I don't know whose idea it is, but like for the last like three years, I've seen so many articles. They're like, have you tried bugs yet? It's the next big thing. <laughs> There's so much protein. It's like we should get bugs to poor people and then they could eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw on Twitter the other day that James Corden had somebody on that was some sort of insect chef <laughs> like there was i didn't watch it because i didn't care to but it was demonstrating how you could cook a great meal with with bugs and he was feeding it to to guests on there i heard james corden is racist because he has a game that's like truth or dare or something and if the guest doesn't want to answer the question they have to eat something gross and like he kept having like asian food up in there <laughs> yeah, <I> remember that <laughs> and it was like a delicacy like in other countries but like he was serving yeah. it as like gross food and they're like that's racist <laughs> uh, he's leaving anyways they're, they got him out of there uh i, I believe he, he's quitting his show soon do they know have they said who's going to replace him i haven't heard i don't know probably another white guy bring back craig kilborn our very own craig kilborn <laughs> he just kind of fucked off to, to nowhere i don't know retirement he uh i, I was never a huge fan of his to be honest i know i liked him a lot on uh, espn he went back to espn for like a couple months or a year or something after his uh, cbs show yeah and it, it was a limited uh engagement so to say Although I think they brought a lot of the old timer, old time uh, ESPN anchors back at the same time. Um, yeah, I think it was for the 25th anniversary, wasn't it? I think around 2000. I think it started in 75. That sound right? Yeah. So maybe around 2010. Because I think they also had Dan Patrick and Kenny Main team up again. Yeah. To anchor things. Yeah. And the. Uh... What's his face was on there for a while too. From MS to NBC, you know who I'm talking about. What's his name? Um, Everybody hates Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann. (laughs) He had a a show on ESPN for a while too. It it kept going forever and ever. Why is he still on here? (laughs) Like, this guy sucks. He's been doing that MSNBC stuff so long, I forget that he got to start sports. Yeah, and I don't think he's with them any, anymore either. I think he just goes on Twitter and bitches about stuff. 
Yeah. You are fined one credit for the, speaking of which, we're we've been violating the the verbal moralities. <laughs> probably introduce that <laughs> that clip that you've been hearing. Yeah. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality. That's uh, that's one of the things in uh, I guess uh, that one maybe not as uh, accurate with the uh, swearing. Mm-hmm. But I could see something like that being implemented for like pronouns. Yeah. It's a fun bit that they do throughout the film. Almost anytime somebody swears, you hear the little eh in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Somebody's getting fined. Because they stop acknowledging it like halfway through in the movie. Like like they, they point it out early in the movie and then about halfway through they just stop acknowledging it, but it just keeps happening. Like every time mm-hmm. somebody swears and just faintly in the background, eh, and then it prints out a ticket. <laughs> some are one credit, some are half credit. But uh, different values, apparently, on the, the severity of the offense or the word that you used. There are people pushing for stuff like that. Uh, you know, the, the people who say that the first censorship, amen- the first amendment doesn't guarantee hate speech and i think well that's kind of the whole point of it though clearly does is uh, (laughs) it protects speech you don't like that's that's kind of the point but uh another thing i noticed that demolition man gets right is our zoom meetings yeah yeah i I, I, cocteau is having that zoom meeting with all those people the all the chairs just have screens on them where the heads are supposed to be yeah, it's slightly different than the modern Zoom meeting, but like mm-hmm. they they're pretty damn close to uh, you know the virtual meetings of the future, and no physical contact. No, so everyone's giving each other air high fives <laughs> with the weird circle <laughs> thing, doing the wax on wax off. Yeah, uh, cashless society. Everything's yeah. credits. There's a mm-hmm. tracking chip in everybody's wrist. <laughs> Which is a real thing. I believe they started doing that in one of the Scandinavian countries during COVID. Yeah. And uh, they're like, look how convenient it is. The government can (laughs) track you wherever you go and have all your personal information at all times. Mm -hmm. And can shut down your bank accounts whenever they feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Isn't society great? (laughs) Uh, what else have they gotten right? They banned procreating without a contract. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, the Bullock says, well, abortion's illegal, but so is having a kid if you don't have a license. Yes, that's it. They need a license to have a kid, which not the worst <laughs> idea in the world. Actually, that I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I see people on Twitter pointing out like, these these people are upset about the Roe v. Wade decision, and they're like, mm-hmm. "That's it. I'm not having sex with a man until he can prove that he's worthy of being a, a long term provider, and uh, make a commitment, and then I'm going to make him sign a contract that uh, he's going to stay with me if if we have a kid." And and everybody on the right wing is like, "Yeah, you just invented marriage." <laughs> 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 uh, 
and i just laugh at all those it's like <laughs> like you, you think you're owning the right but like this is exactly what they've been wanting you to do forever <laughs> like they've been asking you to do this so like Take responsible not, steps it's not an own you're not owning anybody like you're just like discovering conservative moral uh standards <laughs> uh, that's funny to me but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> making fun of uh what people who are trying to adopt that too um, like i don't get that like <laughs> pro-life people never want to adopt kids and then pro-life people are like we'll adopt your kid and they're like ew gross they want to adopt our kid <laughs> like, <laughs> okay i mean this is what you asked for nice try groomer (laughs) oh boy anyways in in demolition man there's no fluid transfers whatsoever i kind of had a brain fart before we started recording i I was thinking about going to fast forward to the end of the film again but i forget so he doesn't really seal the deal physically with bullock does he at the end there's no do they bring up like okay, let's seal that it's actually do a fluid transfer? Well, they kiss. They kiss a couple. Yeah, times, they do kiss, and yeah. then it kind of ends after that. So you can assume that they are gonna do it so. the '90s way. I or, actually, I think the, he the, knows. The, as they do in the twentieth, as they say, I guess. Yeah, I I can't remember if he. Uh, well, he kind of implies, you know, we're gonna do the old fashioned way, and uh, <laughs> he he plants a kiss on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it's implied that they're gonna go fuck. Yeah, Bullock does kind of foreshadow everyone's fascination with the 80s now. You know, she has this fascination with the 20th century. Yeah. I love that Lethal Weapon 3 poster <laughs> that she has. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't watch a lot of Sandra Bullock movies, but she's really good in this. Like, as like the naive. Sandy's always good. You know, Speed came out one year later. I do she's like Speed. That. I do like speed. Do you have a need for it? I just bought it on uh, 4K recently. Ooh. Shot by John, uh, Jan de Bont. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was a prodigy. It was his first mm-hmm. movie, was not. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. <laughs> I always laugh at that because uh, remember Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hader is in there and he plays some sort of a roadie you know setting up all the speakers and whatnot and yeah they're interviewing him in the movie and he's talking he goes into this rant about Jan de bond he says his favorite movie is flatliners <laughs> shot by uh Jan de bond <laughs> talking about how great it is i think he talked about how he likes flatlining and stuff i can't remember but <laughs> That's how I always remember uh, John DeBont. Oh DeBont. my god! Because <laughs> that, that throwaway rant in Pop Star, Cee-Lo's Flatliners. Oh my god! I don't uh, even think Flatliners was that good of a movie. No, I've never seen it. <laughs> it's got to be better than the remake. I, I haven't seen the remake. I watched the original a couple years ago, and I'm like, I didn't need to see this. <laughs> I think that's true for most of Kiefer's work of the early 90s, late 80s. But, I mean, I, I saw The Lost Boys finally, I don't know, maybe seven years ago. And I was like, yeah, it was okay. 
If I remember correctly, uh, Kiefer Sutherland gets tormented by a little girl in in Flatliners. Flatliners. Mm. I don't know. Because he was kind of the next big thing, and then he fizzled out. Well, I mean, he was in Young Guns. Yeah, that was pretty popular. Well, but well, yeah, that ensemble thing. Yeah, that whole crew that was supposed to be like the next him and the next Brad Pack, James Spader, and uh, Christian Slater, and uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah, I forget what they called them. The Brat Pack I should have called them the Fizzle Out Pack. <laughs> Christian Slater, he fizzled out fast. Winona Ryder had, I guess, more of a career, but. You know, until recently, she had her career fizzled out for a while because she got caught shoplifting in what 2001, 2002. It was early oh, was, odds. Was it that long ago? Was it? I think so. Was Mr. Deeds her comeback? Yeah. Because I remember it was before Deeds, and that was, I think, 05. Yeah. So maybe 03. But I don't think she had done anything <laughs> really of note for. Yeah, almost so 10 like, years she, by the time Mr. Deeds came along. Yeah, it's not like you're going to shoplift right after you do <laughs> Heathers or something, you know? She just forgot to pay for it. <laughs> it happens. Happens to the best of us. Well, let's let's get into Demolition Man here. We've been pussyfooting around yes. far enough. I don't know. Does that deserve a, a beef? <laughs> pussyfooting? Uh, <laughs> No. Is that a violation of the verbal morality? I don't think pussyfoot is a... Uh, I think that's clean. It's old-timey enough. Like cock and bull. You know, if I just said cock now... I would, I would say would Google be, it, but you probably have to have your safe search on. <laughs> like I would ever have that on. <laughs> make sure you uh, make sure you spell it as one word and not separate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the film begins with John Spartan. Hot on the trail of Simon Phoenix. It's in a helicopter, and Phoenix has a bunch of hostages that Spartan needs to save. And he goes into the building and well, it's Los Angeles 1996. So it is. That's where we're starting. And in the three years between the time the movie is made and the time the movie is set, Los Angeles is just an absolute hellhole. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Hollywood sign is on fire. Yeah. It's like a war zone. And it's uh, basically a precursor to Escape from LA. <laughs> it is, yeah, for sure. Escape from LA came out in 96, maybe 97. Except for it doesn't have that cool CGI like Escape from LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'd be a good kind of double feature. Yes, yeah. and Escape from LA. But uh, yeah, you're right, Simon Phoenix. He's he's taking a bus with 30 hostages. There are 30 passengers on the bus. And we find out the buses are the only dumb ones to, to ride through his territory. So he had to do something mm-hmm. about it. And uh, how about that, that stunt of John Spartan repelling from the helicopter? Yeah. The bungee cord with, with no give, basically, because... <laughs> Yeah, he's supposed to be bungee jumping, you know, and it's uh, just a rope. Cut the rope at the end. It's not even a bungee. And he doesn't really bounce back up at all. It kind of he kind of just stops after free falling for about eighty feet, hundred feet, at least probably a couple hundred feet. He's frozen for enough time for him to pop off a few rounds, (laughs) and then he cuts the rope. If he did that for real, his spine would just be in pieces. (laughs) 
It would probably like his skeleton would probably come out from the <laughs> from his skin and just be hanging on the the rope. They but, kind of did this stunt again, but they did it correctly in Goldeneye two years later. It was the beginning of that film, Pierce Brosnan bungee jumps off the top of a dam because at the bottom of a dam is the some sort of uh, a munitions uh, manufacturing plant in the Soviet Union. And he bungee jumps and he's starting to go back up and he fires off this gun that kind of has a suction cup and a, I guess, what do you call it? A, like a repelling line that kind of holds him down mm. so he can, you know, cut the bungee cord so it doesn't bring him back up. So he does it the pussy way. <laughs> John Spartan would never. He's a, he's a real man. <laughs> But he like goes rampaging in, and a, a, a theme throughout this movie is you send a maniac to stop a maniac, mm-hmm. which they every everybody calls Simon Phoenix a maniac, which is kind of hilarious because it's such a it's like on cops when they always call the the perpetrators or the suspects the bad guys, yeah, and it's like uh, okay, guy, you're you're not in the movies, like you're you're just a, a cop like just act like a normal person <laughs> it's like you don't have to talk to everybody like they're children but uh yeah john spartan he goes on a rampage and he just starts shooting everybody in sight mm-hmm. as he sprints through this building to go find simon phoenix phoenix who is not worried about being apprehended at all he <laughs> He spreads gas over the floor. What he, he shoots a hole in one of the tanks, I think. He's got a knife and he's stabbing barrels. That's right. He has stabbing barrels. Like three or four of them at least. Mm-hmm. And then later... He's we, already rigged the entire building to blow. Yeah, we see he has barrels of C4 <laughs> in other parts of the building. Mm-hmm. So him and uh, Spartan square off. And Spartan is just like standing in the middle of the gasoline puddle. Mm-hmm. Or is like a big pool of gasoline. Somehow unaware. He has no idea. <laughs> but he's splashing around. He has no idea. <laughs> no idea. And Simon Phoenix is uh, threatening to, to light him up. Which would have lighted immediately because he's holding this blowtorch just above it. Oh, it's so close. The gas itself, not the liquid, but the gas would have ignited instantly with that blowtorch. Yeah, those fumes would have been lit up immediately with how <laughs> close he was because that's what gets yeah. lit up is the, the fumes mm-hmm. and uh but no he, he ends up lighting a cigarette and then daring <laughs> spartan to shoot him so that when he falls down the cigarette lights the uh the place on mm-hmm. fire but somehow he uh I, I forget he disarms spartan somehow and they end up fist fighting yeah and spartan knocks him out and then he he gets him in the fireman's carry and takes him out of the building but not before the whole building gets lit up and uh it explodes on the way out spartan already did a thermal check and it looks like the hostages are not there who's just simon's guys no hostages and that leads us to our first clip the police uh the police captain who just conveniently shows up after all the hard work's been done to criticize and I like how he's John in Spartan. he's basically in just a beat cop uniform like he's working the beat <laughs> yeah he's got his hat on and shit 
He's like, supposed to be the superior. It's like, who are you to criticize? I don't see you doing shit. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality. Go hand out a parking ticket, you fuck. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality. Damn it, John, I'm tired of this demolition man shit. You are not supposed to come down here. You are not supposed to attempt the arrest of Phoenix single-handed. And you are not supposed to blow anything up. That's not me this time, Healy. He dumped the gas and rigged the place to blow oh, Yeah, right. You had nothing to do with it. Now, I know you've been trying to nail this psycho for two years. But try remembering a little thing called official police procedure. But where are the hostages? They're not here. What do you mean they're not here? He must have stashed them someplace else. So how do you know they weren't in there? Are you sure? Because I did a thermal check and there was only eight of them, all part of his game. Wrong again. <laughs> hey, you got something to say, scumbag? <laughs> Get him out of here! Oh, you and I are gonna have a nice long chat. Over here, the body's everywhere. There must be 20 or 30. They're everywhere. You see that, Captain? I told him, he said he didn't care. Oh my God, how could you sacrifice all those innocent people? Look at those men. Get out of man out! We've spent a lot of quality time together. See you, sweetie. Honey! Sugar! You got a lawyer, you better call. Wesley Snipes is really hamming it up in here. <laughs> he's having a great time. He yeah, throughout the movie too. Like he's he's at an eleven the entire movie. <laughs> and uh <laughs> so they find the hostages dead, you know, and and John Spartan, you heard the captain, he's sick of this demolition man shit. Mm-hmm. So Spartan gets 70 years in cryo prison. Yep. Uh, yep. And then uh, Phoenix also gets frozen, but I I don't think they say what his sentence was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently he was still going to be available, you know, up for parole because he has parole hearings regularly after apparently. 36 years. <laughs> was that Spartans though? Or. No, because Simon Phoenix was up for parole in 2032. That's how everything kind of gets going. So what okay, what was when was Spartan first eligible for parole? Because they mentioned it, but oh, I forget. I what don't it was. remember. I, I didn't write it down. But not too important, but I was just curious. But uh yeah, so they freeze uh they show John Spartan being frozen, which he, he's naked in a like a tub. And then they fill it with water and then they have, uh, I don't know, some, it looks like a level, like, you know, to make sure that your picture frame is level or your shelf is level. Yeah. And then the the little ball falls in and it freezes everything. And he looks very uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. you almost see his dick a couple times. I know. uh, I don't think they, they show it. There is a frozen dick at the end for sure. Yeah. It's very blurry. Uh, when he sees uh, Spartan at the end. Well, there's somebody else frozen at the end that they're fighting around, and, and you see his dick. It's not Stallone's. Oh, I, I'm sorry, not at the end. I'm thinking when they unthaw Stallone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see a blurry, you see a blurry dick, <laughs> blurry fake dick. When I was watching, I was watching this with the wife, and going into the, into the scene where they freeze him, I was like, in my head, I, I thought you had seen his dick. I thought it was thought you saw it splashing around on the ground when the camera's below him i thought you saw it splashing in the water and then uh 
Yeah, they shot it very carefully. Very disappointed. <laughs> Never thought I'd say this. Fuck that. Let me see your penis, dog. I was left wanting. Well, I'm sure Stallone is like, hey, leave us over for the imagination. Because you do see a big shot of his ass. And I was thinking, well, you probably don't see his balls because they've shrunk by this time. You know, they're the size of peas in 93. Well, that and the cold water. <laughs> you know, they made this film very accurately. They wanted everything to be just so. They couldn't have room temperature water for him. It had to be below freezing. I mean, he was freezing. So I imagine there's a bit of a shrinkage there. That's just natural. in the pool. It's just natural. It's common knowledge. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> jump to August third, twenty thirty-two. We know that because it says it on the cryo thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're introduced to Lenina Huxley, who is bored with the utopian society in which she finds herself. This is like the reverse of time after time, or. Uh, yeah, it's like the reverse of time after time because it's like in time after time, the bad guy goes to the future and is at home, and the good guy is not. He was expecting utopia, and it's yeah, well, anything it's, but. Anyways, it it actually becomes utopia and demolition man. So it's an even most part. They hadn't had a a murder in. Uh, I thought they said two thousand ten. Well, 2010 so was the big one, was the earthquake. I was thinking 16 years for some reason. Yeah, so maybe 2016, so that would have been 2032. Yeah. So I remember 16 uh, years being a, the number as well. So yeah, there hadn't been a murder in 16 years before what we're about to talk about. Yeah. MDK. MDK. Murder, death, kill. What's funny is there's a, there's a wrestler named Nick Gage. And I he wrestles on the indie scene and he does a lot of death matches. Um, but they did a uh a dark side of the ring episode about him, and his whole gimmick is MDK murder death kill gang. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't mad dog killers. And I'm like, is that uh like it, I'm like, that sounds so dumb. And then like they just keep repeating that in demolition man. I'm like, oh, that's probably where he got it from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I would recommend watching the the dark side of the ring about him because it's it's kind of funny. Like he did a death match where like he sliced an artery in his neck or something, and like he basically died for ten minutes. <laughs> and then he he robbed a bank, and like they're making fun of him because when he wrestles, he comes out with like a bandana covering his face. But when he robbed a bank, he didn't cover his face at all. <laughs> And then uh, probably the thing he's maybe most known for now is he wrestled uh, David Arquette in a death match. Mm. And uh, like he was going to do a spot where he was going to cut him with a broken light tube. And and, like David Arquette. He was the guy Arquette was wrestling during that. Yeah, and David Arquette like flinched and he he cut his neck and it was a gusher. And Arquette kind of freaked out and... uh, they ended the match real quick and and he was all pissed off about it but uh well he had to go to the hospital that was a lot of blood he was losing <laughs> yeah yeah and he nick gage blamed uh, arquette for it 
And, and actually, one other thing, he he wrestled on AEW once. I think he wrestled. Uh, I think it was against Chris Jericho. Gage, Nick Gage wrestled okay. Chris Jericho on AEW, and it was uh, another like no holds barred match. And during the match, they went to a, a picture in a picture where they had the live action in one side of the screen and then commercials in the other side. And as Nick Gage pulled out a pizza cutter to start carving up Chris Jericho's forehead, they were running a Domino's pizza ad on the other <laughs> side of the screen. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, like I said, his whole gimmick is uh, murder, death, kill. And, uh, you know, he goes, MDK all fucking day. And uh, we just always thought, I was like, well, that just sounds dumb. And then, uh, like, oh, I guess he stole it from Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah. So Phoenix is up for a parole hearing. And uh, we find out later that Cocteau wants to get rid of Edgar Friendly. So he's going to have Phoenix kill him. Yeah. And so he's been training him with, with these rehab programs to enhance his martial arts, his his murder, death, kill, his... Is uh, all his his computer his qualities, computer yeah. hacking. He he knows the city. Uh, basically, like virtuosity kind of. Remember virtuosity? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I think it's on my DVR. It's where Russell Crowe plays Sid six point seven or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, on my DVR. That's, okay, that's it's another sci-fi action. Is that uh, because it takes place in the future? Because I remember I, I've, I've gone to watch it several times and then I read the description and it's like uh, Denzel chases uh, Russell Crowe out of VR into the real world. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I should watch this. Because he's, he's part of a program that combines characteristics of all the, the worst people throughout history. <laughs> you know, serial killers, Hitler, fucking everybody's in there. And then, yeah, he escapes virtual reality into the real world. And so he's this evil amalgamation that's running around the futuristic LA, which is funny because they have UFC, you know, you have, this is, I think virtuosity is around 94 ish, 95. Yeah. And so UFC right. was, you know, still pretty in its early stages. Yeah. And it's pretty, it, it looks like it's a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, you know, a, a dystopian future, you know, all these heathens are, cheering on this barbaric sports and I don't know, it's just, it's pretty funny to see how far uh, UFC has come since then, but yeah, it's a, it's a shitty movie, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I should, it was, I should probably watch it was, that. I think yeah, I, it was the movie that I saw. Okay. I saw the trailer for it as a kid and I wanted to see no other movie more than I wanted to see virtuosity. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the coolest movie ever. And I was too young for it because I think it was it was nine when it came. I was nine when it came out. I remember seeing the trailer and thought, "Oh man, that is so cool!" <laughs> and then I never saw it because it was a huge bomb. And I remember being in Best Buy in the early aughts, and I saw it on a DVD, and I go, "Oh my god, I am going to buy this, and I'm finally going to watch it." <laughs> and then watched it, and I was like, "Hmm." <laughs> It is not the coolest movie ever, but there's some fun things about it. Yeah, I should watch it. I think I recorded it over a year ago now. 
so it's been it's on the verge of being deleted at times uh <laughs> yeah. just due to lack of space. i have the dvd one of those old uh, paramount <laughs> ones i forget what i recorded it off of probably epics or something maybe showtime yeah but uh yeah so phoenix is up for it they thought i'm out to do the the parole hearing which i don't really understand why they have to pull them out to to do it like can't they just decide <laughs> like has he been rehabbed i don't know i guess uh, gauge his progress that he's made with the rehab i guess we didn't really talk about it like what is the point of the cryo prison anyways like i guess you can pump in the, re- the rehab people you do the rehab programs yeah i guess that's a, a benefit but like you're basically suspending the the life of these criminals and then mm-hmm. reintroducing them into a unfamiliar society without having aged or changed in any way mm-hmm. so it doesn't logically make a lot of sense yeah it seems like it's not that big of a punishment yeah because like you're not i don't know well i guess i guess it's like going to sleep and waking up and it's 30 years later but you're not any older but when spartan gets thought out he says he remember like he was conscious and they were surprised yeah but yeah like it like you're not losing any time and then like you're gonna be let out into a, a society Plus, they're freezing people who are on lifetime sentences. Because later he unfreezes people who have multiple life sentences. And it's like, why even bother freezing them? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't say life without the possibility of parole. So I think they did. I think it was implied that they had multiple life sentences without parole. And I was like, why did you even freeze them? <laughs> like, what, what is the point? Like, you just got to store them forever? Like, do they eventually die when they're frozen? Because obviously you can be frozen for 70 years and still come out of it. Mm-hmm. Or at well, least 30 36. something years. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to think too much about that because it kind of blows the whole plot. Or, you know, the whole basis of the story is is kind of shaken, if you think mm-hmm. about it too much. But, yeah, Phoenix busts out of his chair and starts killing guards. And that's setting off alerts downtown. It's a short-arm clothesline like Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> uh, that leads us to our next clip. What's a 187? Northwest I don't Quadrant. Know. Cryo Prison, level 6. Identify code 187. MDK. Murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill, 
Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. Last recorded offense, September 25th, 2010. Initiate search, confirming location. Cryo prison level six. Two code 187s, Officer Jean Desjardins, guard. Officer Alfred Pamela, guard. Tracking, live transmission, diagnostic check. Warden William Smithers. Injury, severe eye trauma, ruptured spleen, punctured lung, broken ribs, internal bleeding. Condition critical. Vital signs failing. Imminent death. Subject deceased. 187, Warden William Smithers. Born February 14, 1967. Died August 4th, 2032. What's the matter with all of you? The cryoprison, sir. Three non-sanctioned life terminations. Do you wish to assign a coroner? Murder, death kills. Three MDKs. Three, and they haven't had any in 16 years. I think they said uh, in that clip it was uh, 2010 was the last one, so you had that right. Okay. Earlier. I like how the cops... 20, 22 years, I guess. Yeah, the cops don't know what to do and Rob Schneider fucking pukes. And, uh, I like too, like after the uh, the computer announces the death, they're like, "Do you want to assign a coroner?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unauthorized deaths. What did they say? Unauthorized what? Uh, unauthorized life terminations. Life terminations. Yeah, that's right. They always have these weird phrases for everything, mm-hmm. and they they talk about conveyances. You know, every car is a conveyance. Which I mean, I've heard that word before, but nobody uses it. No, no. And we we hear that because uh, Simon Phoenix has uh, escaped the prison, and we find out that he kills another doctor out in the parking lot mm-hmm. and steals the doctor's conveyance, <laughs> which is like a one seater car. And he knows how to drive it because we find out later because of the rehab programming. Mm hmm. He doesn't have a chip, so they follow the ca- the car's chip, and he, he comes up on a. Uh, it looks like an ATM, but it's it's like a general like computer information center. But there's a guy yeah. using it for like self affirmation, yeah, like <laughs> life affirmation. <laughs> it's like a like a Stuart Smalley type of mm-hmm. type of program. And uh, Phoenix doesn't have time for that. He doesn't have time to wait. But uh, he immediately starts searching up. Uh, what do you, he looks for? Like uh, what guns and stuff. Yeah, and that leads us to our next clip. Gun noun portable firearm. This device was widely utilized in the urban wars of the late twentieth century. Referred to as a pistol. A Look, piece. I don't need a history lesson. Come on, Hal. Where the goddamn guns? You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What? Fuck you. Your repeated violation of the verbal morality statute has caused me to notify the San Angeles Police Department. Please <laughs> remain where you are for your reprimand. Yeah, right. <laughs> Focus are fast, too. You are fined one credit for violation of the verbal morality. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's when the cops show up. The police captain makes a note of it 
see, it was almost five minutes elapsed. It, it took for the, the cops to get there. He says something like four minutes, I don't know, 50 some seconds elapsed. The protect serve got there. <laughs> it only took him five minutes, which is a pretty shitty response time. I mean, if you're going, if you're going by the movies, yeah, you know, you're thinking armed robbery, murder, things like that. That's, you know, they're going to have one and a half to two and a half minutes response time. When it's like every cop is supposed to be out there, but they only send like six. Yeah. And the one guy's reading, or he's got, he's got like a cheat, <laughs> cheat sheet. It's like a little handheld computer or whatever. Yeah. That's like telling him how to talk to Simon Phoenix mm-hmm. and uh, tell him in a firm voice to put his hands behind his back and get down on the ground. And he doesn't do it. And then uh, it's like in a firmer voice, tell him to get <laughs> on the ground and add or else. <laughs> <laughs> and like Simon Phoenix could hear it. <laughs> he knows yeah. what's going on. So he, and then he says it and Phoenix yeah. kind of gives him a look. <laughs> he's just laughing at him. Like he's, it's like easy pickings. Yeah. He beats them all down, steals their car. Even puts one of their, uh, what, what do you call them, shock rods? Yeah. Into the, the battery compartment of the car and blows it up. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Meanwhile, all the uh, the cops in the, the, the police station are just watching him until he blows out the, the monitors. He blows out the cameras on a six-block yeah. radius. They know immediately <laughs> that they lost cameras on a six-block radius. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rob Schneider has one of the, the funniest slides. He says, we're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. <laughs> <laughs> Those are police officers. Can't do that to us. It's funny how they have so many police officers, but like nothing for them to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like a, uh, a society that doesn't require a lot of work to upkeep. But uh, I guess they got to keep everybody employed. I don't know. Yeah. They got to justify all those taxes. <laughs> got to spend it. That's true. Uh, I think from there, we're introduced to Dr. Cocteau, which is a funny name. He's got a funny name. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, the scene where he's talking to all the chairs with the monitors and the headrest. Yeah. Um, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he was complaining about the scraps of society uh, who are living underground and uh, Edgar Friendly, who is their leader. Mm-hmm. Dennis Leary. Who is played by Dennis Leary. And who Simon Phoenix is brainwashed to kill. Mm-hmm. It annoys me that Dennis Leary spells his name with one N. Yeah. Of course, every would. time I look it up, I'm like, well, why can't I fucking find it? Denise, Denise Leary. He is an asshole. That song. So, yeah, Dr. Cocteau is like the, the leader of society. Like it was his brainchild to implement all these rules and laws. And I think he's he's either the mayor or the governor of uh, San Los or San 
Angeles, which is what uh, Santa, Santa Barbara is it Santa Barbara or Santa Monica? Yeah, Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, and San Diego combined. Which I thought was weird because you just could have said San Diego and L in Los Angeles combined. Yeah, I don't know why they added Santa Barbara because it's San Angeles, and Santa Barbara is not that big. Well, I don't know where Santa Barbara is, but Los Los Angeles and San Diego are like a hundred miles from each other. Yeah. They might as well have just said San Francisco and LA and San Diego. Yeah. And just you made it all three big, you know, coastal, you know, the Sacramento is around there as well. But yeah, they could have just done San Francisco. If they were going to go as far as <laughs> LA to San Diego, it isn't all that much farther up to San Francisco. Because that is a, a large area for sure. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, Dr. Cocteau, like he's, he's, uh, advising the police on how to handle simon phoenix he's playing dumb he's like oh i don't know what to do about this guy but you guys can do whatever it takes to catch him and obviously he wasn't thinking they're going to bring back john spartan Mm -hmm. but we get a highlight video of john spartan (laughs) the funniest part of the highlight video is uh it's like a on location news report and he's carrying a little girl on his shoulder and the reporter goes uh, was it worth it to destroy a seven million dollar mini mall for a small girl, or to save a girl whose ransom was only twenty five thousand? And the girl's like, "Hey, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, lady." <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. So they decide that you know Phoenix is an old fashioned criminal, and we need an old fashioned cop. So they thaw out John Spartan, and uh, he, he's trying to get acclimated to his new surroundings, and it's very foreign to him. And that leads us to our next clip. After finding out his wife has passed away, what do they mention about the, where does the, the storyline go with the daughter? Because they- Nowhere. He doesn't, yeah, which <laughs> is weird. I thought they were going to revisit that at the end. He, he says he has a daughter, and uh, the chief says- I didn't, I didn't unfreeze you for a family reunion. I unfroze you to do a job. Mm. I suggest you forget about your family or something to that extent. And so we never like, actually uh, later, I thought it was kind of implied that maybe Huxley was his daughter (laughs) or I thought they were kind of going that way. But then he's like, Oh, it's better that my daughter doesn't meet me. And things like that because he wanted to bang huxley so like it wouldn't make sense for him to think that (laughs) she was his daughter although with her obsession with him i could see they going that way but is it still incest if they only (laughs) use the helmets the helmets oh boy (laughs) there's no fluid exchange fluid transfer fluid transfers or physical contact although at the end of the movie they just throw that all to the side Mm mm-hmm but uh, no, they they bring up his daughter and then they're like, forget about that. <laughs> and uh, everybody's like, okay, we're going to forget about that for the Fuck rest you, of the movie. Lady. <laughs> uh, so yeah, here is our next clip telling them all about what's bad for you is illegal. This is about you and the cryocon, Simon Phoenix. This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We've had 11 murder death kills so far. You see... We have become a society of 
peace, loving, and, and understanding, and we are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with this situation. There have been no deaths of unnatural causes in San Angeles in the last 16 years. <sighs> the Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego Metroplex were merged in 2011. You are in the center of what used to be Los Angeles. That's great. You will give me a Marlboro. Yes, of course, right away. What's a, a Marlboro? Just cigarette, any cigarette. Uh, smoking is not good for you, and has been deemed that anything not good for you is bad, hence illegal. Alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat. Are you shitting me? John Spartan, you are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. What the hell is that? John Spartan, you are fined one credit. Bad for language, a chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Abortion is also illegal, but then again, so is pregnancy if you don't have a license. Caveman, let's finish with all the Rip Van Winkle and get moving. Our Mr. Phoenix has risen from the ashes. Uh-huh. I tracked that dirt bag for two years. When I finally bring him down, you turn me into an ice cube for my trouble. Thanks, but no thanks. The conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Or... You can go back into cryostasis. Not many people get a second chance, John Spartan. It's a long list of things that aren't good for you and therefore are bad. So he does say 16 years in there. So I wonder, there must have been a manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, because he says it was 16 Probably years since there was an unnatural death. Yeah, must but, have been a manslaughter, just not a murder, death, kill. Yeah, something. Yeah, shortly after that, we get the scene where uh, Spartan returns from the bathroom. Uh, he was uh, fully thought out. And uh, he whispers into Huxley's ear, do you know that you're out of toilet paper? <laughs> the word's supposed to be there's just a shelf with three shells. And uh, Rob Schneider laughs. And he doesn't know how to use the seashells. <laughs> Charms. Look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Hey, did, did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> I can see how that could be confusing. I won't believe it. Is that you, Spartan? I always love that part. It's so nonsensical. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make sense, the seashells. <laughs> like i don't know they never explain it either it's just kind no. of a running gag throughout the movie yeah but uh spartan takes care of that by swearing over and over again <laughs> to get enough slips to substitute for the missing toilet paper thanks a lot you shit violations of the verbal morality statute so much for the seashells see you in a few minutes oh is that i didn't even uh, put two and two together there yeah is that why he, he does it? just a minute and he goes he heads back into the bathroom 
I didn't even catch that. I, I thought yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just sick of it. Uh, I thought he was trying to break the the machine or empty it. But uh, it's it's hilarious. I'll have to look for that next time I watch it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and they're just amazed at how he talks with the uh, what's his name Lamb, the former pilot, the former helicopter mm-hmm. pilot from the the opening scene. Because that's how insecure heterosexuals spoke to each other <laughs> in the late twentieth. Yeah, <laughs> I also like that the, the the urban wars of the late twentieth century. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I like uh, Sandra Bullock just rattling off the old uh, cliche uh, catchphrases or whatever, and getting them totally wrong throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, you really matched his meat and, mm-hmm. uh, you really licked his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the one at the end. Uh, it was close enough. I forget. Take this job and shovel it. Yeah. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an episode of trailer park boys. They call those Ricky isms. Yeah. I never I, I've been told that that show is good, but I've never watched yeah. it. I uh, love it. Although, I mean, some of the later seasons are not good, but it was at one time a great show. It's one of those shows where you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not. he'd say things like water under the fridge. No. Or friends with the Benedicts and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. I, I'd probably like that because I like that dumb humor like that mm-hmm. like dad jokes <laughs> uh so where do we get to next uh taco bell <laughs> <laughs> not quite yeah Let's i guess do... the museum would be next yeah that's where simon phoenix goes to get a gun spartan uh i have a note that says the chief is not impressed by spartan and that they have a, a computer predicting that what phoenix's next move is and it says he's going to set up a drug empire (laughs) (laughs) and smartin's like you think he he went and killed all these people just to start a business (laughs) yeah they act like there's going to be a market for what he was doing in the 90s now in 2032 and it's like well maybe you guys uh, have watched new jack city too many times you know, how are you going to purchase things in the black market with credit? You know, you can't even swear, <laughs> let alone make drug purchases with credit in the black market. Well, yeah. And, and uh, Spartan points out that Simon Phoenix doesn't have a chip in him. So, like, he can't, like, the money doesn't make any sense. There's no money. Yeah. Like, he's not going to go mug people. Well, he could go sell drugs down in the sewers in exchange for rat burgers. <laughs> and cervezas. <laughs> yeah. Um, beer. Yeah. So Spartan's not buying the computer's guess that he's he's gonna start selling drugs. He's going straight for a gun. Yes, at the museum. I, I don't know, it's just the museum. Which is the only place you can even see a gun nowadays. And the- for some reason they they put all the ammunition right next to it, I guess. <laughs> they're fully loaded. They're, yeah. they're, they're loaded on display. 
in the hall of violence Mm -hmm. is where they're located at and there is one futuristic gun that phoenix gets but it takes like 2.6 minutes to charge up (laughs) which seems like an awfully long time but once it does oh boy is that gun pack quite a punch sure loves that gun Mm -hmm. he's highly inaccurate with it which is (laughs) surprising since it has a an impact radius of a garbage can (laughs) it's very large yes it's blowing cars out of the way wait a minute this future we're all through walls where are the photon guns and shit (laughs) (laughs) um so meanwhile uh so phoenix is uh strapping up at the hall of violence uh just remembering reminiscing about his uh, glory days mm-hmm. uh we get the scene of uh spartan riding to the museum with uh huxley and garcia and spartan was gonna drive but he, he can't figure out the car so he's gonna get some yeah. in the back gotta sit bitch they they tune it to the oldie station the most popular radio station in san uh, san angeles uh wall-to-wall mini tunes or as they you called it in your day commercials <laughs> hot dogs armor hot dogs <laughs> and the uh, spartan is just rolling his eyes he's just like these people are the worst <laughs> We're kind of on our way to that too, because it's just like I don't know. You ever like sit on YouTube and watch one of them uh '90s commercial compilations? Yeah, yeah. I I I could see people just like, although nobody listens to the radio anymore. Yeah, it would. Uh, that's not very realistic. They didn't foresee. Uh, the death of terrestrial radio maybe it's a it's probably just a pandora or spotify station oh i'm sure i'm sure that exists somebody must have created a playlist yeah so so phoenix is having trouble breaking through the security glass to get to the guns and this part i was laughing at because he he calls a guy over and he says but how much do you weigh the guy starts answering. He just picks him up and throws him through the glass. <laughs> this <way. Yeah. laughs> And then uh, Spartan runs in. He tells uh, Huxley and Garcia to give him 10 minutes. And uh, he kind of surprises Phoenix. And Phoenix goes, uh, excuse me. No, no, no. This is before. He's, he's taking guns. Or he, he takes a bag from one of the uh, mannequins. And he goes, excuse me, Rambo. I need to borrow this. Mm-hmm. obligatory nice. reference to another stallone movie nice little wink at the camera and then we get a, a shootout in the armory mm-hmm. and they go through that glass floor down to the replica of mid-90s los angeles street scene which is uh looks a lot like 2020 uh minneapolis <laughs> 2020 murder apples it's like lake street and june of 2020 yeah sure did yeah so neither one hits the other like they both get away phoenix runs into dr cocteau outside with assistant bob i like how they just call him assistant bob like that's Mm -hmm. his name (laughs) it's better than ortho true 
but that guy looks like <laughs> he looks more like an ortho than a bob yeah pick a color <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we find out that cocteau is the one who brainwashed phoenix because he can't shoot him yeah and He's been uh, programmed or you know re rehabilitated to not kill cocteau they have a short conversation and like, don't you, uh, don't you have somebody to go kill somebody like Edgar friendly. So Phoenix runs off and then cocktail pl- pretends like he's, uh, Oh my God, I was in so much peril. Thanks for saving me police. Mm-hmm. I'm and taking he- everyone out to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> they were the lone survivor of the franchise wars, which I, I didn't understand. I couldn't fathom it. Uh, franchise wars <laughs> was it a legitimate war was it an actual war yeah <laughs> i mean or did maybe taco bell just bought out everybody just hostile takeovers yeah because so i'm thinking okay if if subway could survive jared you know franchises can survive most anything <laughs> i think and the everything has become a taco bell every restaurant Mm-hmm. So Spartan and Huxley put on their best formal wear and they're on their way to the Taco Bell. Yeah, everyone's dressed in a kimono, it seems. Yeah, there's a weird dress code in the future. Everybody's just kind of wrapped up in a sheet. Uh, and, and all the food at Taco Bell is very tiny portions. It's deconstructed. Yeah, it's kind of futuristic as well. You see fancy restaurants nowadays and all the portions are really tiny. I think that was a uh, a fad maybe 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but that uh, I remember that being kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, they do drop a line on the way to the restaurant about, uh, I forget what she said. She says, uh, oh yeah, I looked it up at the Schwarzenegger uh, library. Yeah. And he's like, the what? She says, this is a Schwarzenegger presidential library. Uh, he's like, wait, what? He was yeah, president? That was another thing. <laughs> yeah, because of the, I think the, the 61st Amendment that allowed people born in other countries to become president. There's only like 20. Yeah, there's only 20 some amendments. Something. Yeah, it's like 20. So apparently they had, maybe? I don't they had a run of amendments <laughs> in the late 20th damn near 40 that was all the cocktail uh, amendments apparently yeah <laughs> but uh, so they, they get that kind of right and then you know he became governor which isn't president but you know went into politics which at the time you're kind of thinking there's no way in hell you know and when he did run for governor it was kind of one of those things well he could probably win the presidency and oh yeah he can't <laughs> because he's born in austria yeah well, most people don't know anything about the Constitution, but they'll, <laughs> you know, I think that's become obvious over the last several years. I heard there's things written on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> over the last several years, it's become apparent that a lot of people skipped eighth grade civics class. Yeah. Or performed very poorly in it. And they just watched those Nick Cage movies. I never watched those when they came out. You know, obviously they were poor Indiana Jones knockoffs. Which ones? But the you know the National Treasure. Oh, I haven't seen any of those. Because there's two of them. 
They look, and, they look terrible. Well, I don't yeah. know. I don't find them uh, appealing whatsoever. Yeah, neither did I when they came out. And that was kind of in the middle of Nick Cage's, I guess, decline. Even though I guess those movies were, were hits. You know, they made a second one, although they didn't make a third one. However, they are going to make a third one. From what I've been reading, it's been greenlit. Nick Cage is back. I'm thinking, do we really need another sequel to a franchise nobody gives a fuck about from 15 years ago? Well, yeah, I saw it's going to be on Disney Plus. Oh, it's going is it going straight there? Well, I'm I was guessing thinking at least it was a, a half, series too. Uh, at least a month in theaters, maybe. I don't know. I I didn't look into it, but I saw a few things. But I I thought it was a disney plus series but i could be wrong yeah that that's where everyone in the late aughts to the early teens got their constitution knowledge from <laughs> yeah apparently it's not very accurate <laughs> that you know there's kind of around the time of the da vinci code as well but why can't we you have know, the two biggest populated cities determine what the rest of the country does like that's that's kind of why they wrote the government the way they did (laughs) it's not a democracy it's a constitutional republic damn it they kind of intentionally made the electoral college for all the reasons why you want to get rid of it (laughs) i always like that wizard of oz meme that they share where it's dorothy and the tin man and the lion, they're all sitting around a fire made out of the scarecrow. And I'm saying, sorry, scarecrow, we voted fair and square. <laughs> Majority <laughs> rules. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, we're getting into a civics lesson here. We should be talking about Taco Bell. Yeah. So this is where we run into Edgar Friendly's crew. There was... There was hints of them earlier when they did the graffiti thing. They have these periscopes that pop in and out of the ground. Yes. To spray things with graffiti that are immediately <laughs> electroshocked away, I guess, with these anti-graffiti devices that signs have. And we didn't mention one of the cops that uh, Simon Phoenix killed. He killed using the uh, the graffiti eraser thing. Because the cop yeah. was like, yep. he was like mm-hmm. signing up against the wall. Uh, Simon Phoenix knew how to program the uh, the graffiti away or whatever they called it, and it just like impaled the cop, mm-hmm. shocked him. And uh, we saw the uh, little telescope outside of the uh, museum, and John Spartan noticed it. None of the other cops are observant; like they don't even had to do real cop work ever, so like they don't see any of these things. Like they don't notice any red flags or clues or suspicious activity. Like they're so oblivious. But Spartan's, mm-hmm. uh, he's got his eye on the prize. And uh, after being insulted or seemingly insulted by one of the dinner guests, which ended up being more of a compliment to John Spartan, she called him uh, like a caveman or something. And he's like, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he notices that the, uh, the the telescope is uh or uh the periscope i guess it is is sticking up across the street so he uh, abruptly runs out and just starts beating up these homeless people yeah and there's that really shady guy in the motorcycle who's, yeah who's all disheveled and very out of place 
And you're thinking he's like, oh, something's up. Something's about to go down. After Spartan beats up a bunch of them <laughs> and then traps a, a lot of them under a, uh, like, a, a, part, it's like a, a party tent. Yeah. yeah. He realizes that they're just trying to steal food to survive. And he <laughs> feels bad about it because he's a complex guy. He's, he's a three-dimensional character. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not just the demolition man. He's got morals. Yeah, he briefly sees Edgar Friendly before him and his cronies go back down below. And uh, Spartan is seen as the savior. He saved the day from those dangerous terrorists trying to get food. And this gets Leanna Huxley very horny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before, before she gets too horny, Spartan has to go confront Dr. Cocteau about demonizing the underground people mm-hmm. and uh that doesn't go too well for dr cocteau but uh things get even worse when he gets home and he finds simon phoenix waiting for him and that is our next clip he needs some more dudes i like it i like it a lot your skills were given you for a reason not for your personal amusement. Your job is to kill Mr. Edgar Friendly and stop a revolution before it precipitates. That was why you were rehabilitated. All right. I'm going to do your little dastardly deed for you. But it's going to be a little bit more difficult than you thought. And I'm going to need some help. I'll need about five or six more special men. And I just so happen to have a list. You see, I wouldn't want you to defrost any of those mad dog killer types, you know what I mean? And none of them motherfuckers from New York. They're too uptight. So you're going to be the only mad dog killer type, right? <laughs> Exacto, mundo. <laughs> Fine. Take care of it. Just get it over with. You're beginning to be more trouble than you're worth. Oh, Raymond, don't say that. And what do I get out of all of this? What do you want? <laughs> Malibu. Santa Monica. Hell, what about all the coastal cities? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll bear it in mind. Good, I'll send you a memo. Just do your job. What is John Spartan doing here? Huh? Did you invite him to this little party of ours? Look, you finish your business, and I'll stuff him back in the freezer. Think of him as a guarantee. A guarantee? Well, you don't have much of a guarantee. I took care of Spartan once, I'll take care of him again. Now we need those men defrosting. So they get Jesse Ventura and some of his other cronies from back in the day yes they're not mad dog killer types though even though they are yeah i wasn't in that clip but i liked uh when he first shows up when uh cocktail first shows up everything is uh voice activated which is another thing we forgot to mention about accurate uh Mm -hmm. predictions and uh it's basically if you want lights you say lights well simon phoenix changed it to where you have to say illuminate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, 
just a nice touch. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's gonna go defrost some more guys, and then uh, he wants the whole all the coastal cities, <laughs> whatever that means. I'll consider it. I'll take yeah, it I'll in. send you a memo. <laughs> I'll take it into consideration. And then, uh, yeah. So after that is uh, we get the the horny Huxley scene. She mm-hmm. brings John Spartan into her perfect 20th century apartment. Yeah. Which looks like the world's most cluttered, uh, like uh, Applebee's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's all the memorabilia on the walls. You talking about shenanigans? <laughs> yes, shenanigans. <laughs> got all that goofy shit on the wall what is it called uh an office space uh you're talking about chatsky chatsky or flingers <laughs> no because that those are the other two um the one that jennifer aniston worked at was i forget now i know she had pieces of flair but yeah we don't want to do the bare minimum yeah because chatsky's and flingers were the other two next door but yeah Anyways, it it looks like an overblown one of those with all the the memorabilia on the walls. Yeah, she's like every inch of the apartment is covered in twentieth century shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of fifty stuff I noticed. Yeah, which seemed because uh, she seemed more concerned with like the eighties and nineties, or like specifically yeah. the nineties. Mm-hmm. She picked Lethal Weapon three, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which was I think ninety two. But anyways. Yeah, uh, she she's pretty upfront about it. She's hard up for it. Wants some of that, wants some of that Spartan energy. Just matter of factly, says, "Do you want to have sex with you right now?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's well, not, let's do it. He's not hesitating. Like my wife's been dead. I mean, what am I going to do? Not have sex with this girl? <laughs> So she busts out these helmets and puts them on and explains that there's the old ways of lovemaking are long gone. They're disgusting. She's just absolutely disgusted at the thought of fluid transfer mm-hmm. of any kind. So they kind of start to do it and it seems like they're mind melding or something. <laughs> and uh, there's flashes of, I guess, uh, themselves being in uh, having moments of ecstasy and pleasure. Is there, but, is there is there some sandy nudity in there? Did you? Uh, it flashes really fast. I didn't catch any sandy uh, tit shots. No. Was, I thought there might have been one towards the end, but uh, sandy is fa- a saint. It was too fast to tell, and uh, who knows if it was even her? If it was. Hmm. And right before, uh, right before he uh, reaches the climax, he takes the helmet off, and uh, he's all, he's all like, "Well, let's do it the old-fashioned way." First sex has been proven to produce higher orders of alpha waves during digitized transference of sexual energy. All right, Oxley, what do you say we just do it the old-fashioned way? Ew, disgusting. You mean fluid transfer? I mean. Bony, the, the wild mambo, the, the hunk of chunka. That is no longer done. <laughs> hunk of chunka. Bonin, wild mamba, hunk of chunka. 
uh, he has a lot, a lot of weird terms I don't think were used in the 90s. Hunka chunka, never heard of that. I mean, boning, but like, yeah, that's pretty crass for the situation. Yeah, like I would think he'd uh, be a little more. He might as well have said, "Let's let's smash," you know, something crass like that. Yeah, you'd think he'd be a little more sensitive with his verbiage, uh, you know, in the situation. It's not like he's hanging out with his bros at the garage. That's right. Leave that locker room talk for the locker room. This is an age of verbal morality. <laughs> the wild mamba, the hunk of chunka. You think so? She throws him out. He tries to kiss her, and she was not receptive. Yeah. Do you think he made up all those terms? Do you think he uh, improvised that, or was that written? I would laugh if he improvised that, and it's just like. <laughs> We're going to leave that in there. Hunka Junka. (laughs) I'm not doing another take. That one was perfect. I wonder if, I I don't know. I didn't look at the special features. I wonder if there's a gag reel where he's just running off like, you know, like on a Will Ferrell movie where they have all the alternate takes where, you know, it's like everything's improvised. So they have like 20 Mm -hmm. different versions of the same scene. I wonder how many, uh, how many takes they did where he did different, uh, different names for doing sex you know this could be another george p Casamato situation where stallone basically just directed the whole movie himself <laughs> kind of like kurt russell did in tombstone i wouldn't be surprised stallone's a pretty prolific director yeah he knows how to direct a film and he's written a lot of movies too forget the guy's name who directed this but yeah he had done shit <laughs> Uh, just a shadow director marco brambilla or brambia i don't know where marco is oh he's from italy so yeah he probably didn't actually direct it all right well where do we get to next let's start to wrap this up oh boy so spartan goes back to his place and he he sees the uh security video of the meeting between cocteau and phoenix Mm -hmm. and he nets a sweater yeah (laughs) Um, so he knows something's up between those two and uh, I think it's our next clip uh, from there he's riding in the car with Huxley and they start talking about rehab programs for the uh, cryo prisoners thank you for the lovely gift look I don't know what you guys put into my cryo slush but when I thought out the first thing I wanted to do was knit I mean how come I know what a zipper foot and a shuttle and a hook and bobbin and a petty point is I can weave a throw rug right now with my eyes closed. <laughs> it's part of your rehab program. For each inmate, the computer draws up a skill or trade which best suits their genetic disposition. And it would implant the knowledge and the desire to carry out whatever training was assigned. I'm a seamstress? Oh, that's just great. I come out of cryo prison and I'm Betsy fucking Ross. And Phoenix comes out and he can access computers, operate all vehicles, knows the location of every damn thing in town. And is three times stronger than when he went in. Can you give me Phoenix's rehab program now? Sure. I'm a seamstress. Access code for Simon Phoenix. Access Simon Phoenix. Accessing. Access denied. What? Security overrides. This can't be right. Access granted, Officer Huxley. 
Accessing Simon Phoenix Deep File Rehab 65R. Urban Combat Kill, Torture Methodology, Computer Override Authority, Survival Tactics, mistake. Terrorism Tactics, Weapons Training, Martial Arts, Murder Death Kill, Explosives Technician, Violent Behavior. This isn't a proper rehabilitation program. No kidding. This would create a monster. Who develops these programs? Well, Cocteau Industries, of course. But why would the benevolent Dr. Cocteau send such a brute savage into our midst? Well, that's a good question. Why don't we go ask him? No, John Spine, you do not accuse a savior of our city of being connected with a multi-murder-death killer like Simon Phoenix. It's... rude. I'll be subtle. I'm good at subtle. Demolition Man, very good at subtlety. <laughs> so he immediately goes and accuses uh, Dr. Cocteau of programming Simon Phoenix to go kill Edgar Friendly. I forget the context. I wrote down a couple of uh, more lines here. Uh, enhance your calm, John Spartan. And then uh, she goes, let's go blow this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Away. Let's go blow this guy. Away. <laughs> it gets borderline stop her. My mom will shoot with that uh, correction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're doing it wrong, Bob. Yeah, so they end up uh, in the sewers looking mm-hmm. for uh, it's Spartan, Huxley, and Garcia. They're looking for uh, friendly. Huxley and Garcia are absolutely disgusted, but John Spartan is at home. He he loves it. And uh, <laughs> he orders a burger and a beer and uh, Huxley recommends he asks where the meat came from for his burger because have you seen a cow in San Angeles? It's a rat burger, but it's the best burger he's had in 36 years. <laughs> so, he, so he finishes it. But then they get cornered by Friendly, by Edgar mm-hmm. Friendly. And there's a, a bit of a uh, misunderstanding of whose side everybody is on. Uh, and Edgar Friendly goes on his just unhinged rant about mm-hmm. his politics and uh like it, he's like he's like preaching to the choir but he doesn't know it yeah it's very reminiscent of his his career at the time obviously he was a stand-up comedian still is but then it's lawyery yes. yeah got started in the 80s and then he was on remote control on mtv and he became a little popular doing that and then they started doing these weird bumpers with them, these almost like these sketches uh, outside of the show, and then these old bumpers that would they play before and after music videos. They him rant about another subject, mm-hmm. puffing cigarettes. Um, I got one of those that I'll play right after this. But here's the clip from Demolition Man. So you think you're taking me in, huh? Guess what? Not happening. You tell Cocteau we can kiss my ass. Yeah. That's right. You tell Kato it's going to take an army of assholes to get rid of me because I don't give a shit. I got nothing to lose. I don't want to rain on your parade, pal. But I don't know who the hell you are, let alone want to take you anywhere. So stay here, be well, and Kato's an asshole. Hey, let's take him and dump him up top. They're only down here to spy on us. Wait a minute. You're the guy outside Taco Bell. Yeah. What do you want? I guess you weren't part of the cocktail plan. Greed, deception, 
Abuse of power, that's no plan. That's why everybody's down here? You got that right. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy. Because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who likes to sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer wiener. You live up top, you live Cocteau's way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice? Come down here, maybe starve to death. All right, then why don't you take charge and lead these people out of here? I'm no leader. I do what I have to do. Sometimes people come with me. All I want to do is bury Cocteau up to his neck and shit and let him think happy, happy thoughts forever. And I got bad news. I think he wants to kill you. This reminds me, there's also a deleted scene on Natural Born Killers where he's doing a rant. You know the one I'm talking about? Oh, that that sounds familiar. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I forget what he's ranting about, but there's a scene that was cut that's just him ranting. He's walking back and forth in a a room. Yeah. That's what you do on on the commercials too, or the bumpers on MTV. He's kind of walk back and forth, puffing cigarettes and just ranting here here's uh here's one i i pulled that's on from youtube i want the house the kids the car the picket fence the pool i want the big pool the big kidney shaped pool yeah i want a cd player i want a sony es cdp 77 multi-changer system so i can dump seven cds in there and listen to it all day sinatra nirvana latifah i want michael jackson's nose i want his original nose mounted on a plaque and hung in my living room i want airbirds not air jordans airbirds i want sneakers that guarantee i can only jump three inches off the ground sneakers that won't let me run faster than two miles per hour i want a patriot missile launcher i pay my taxes why can't i have one i want to watch missiles from my backyard i want to sit in my big fluorescent raft in my swimming trunks my nfl starter red zebra swimming trunks in my big kidney shaped pool and blow up canada i want a helmet i want a cheese helmet i want a helmet full of cheese you just pop it on your head and eat all day i want it all folks and i'm gonna get it with or without your help okay i think you hear me knocking and i think i'm coming in you know what i'm already wearing the cheese helmet (laughs) it was definitely his niche back in the day to just rant like that yeah and this career kind of took off around the time of this movie his first big special came out in 93 and then he had another one in 97 uh and yeah then he was that obviously had a what was that christmas movie he did with uh kevin spacey uh the ref the ref yeah that's a decent movie yeah it was around 96 i'd say kevin spacey plays a married man that is uh (laughs) very uh convincing at least in american beauty he was an unhappily married man (laughs) (laughs) for different reasons but the ref was 94 so 94 okay he only did one movie between demolition man and the ref operation dumbo drop (laughs) that was in about 96 or so that was 95 95. but he did uh, in 93 he did judgment night demolition man gunman who's the man the Sandlot and Loaded Gun, oh, that's or, uh, right. lo- Loaded Weapon One. He's the nice dad who doesn't give a fuck about his baseball that's ruined. Because <laughs> he, well, he gets a better one. But. That doesn't sound like him at all. 
1993 was a busy year for Dennis Leary. Yeah. Um, and then he hit it really big later with his TV show. Um, Rescue Me. Rescue Me. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, very popular. I knew a lot of people who really were into that. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, plenty more popular stand-up specials. Apparently he's... Uh, he appears to be some kind of regular on law and order organized crime now really 64 these days so yeah still going strong he hasn't died of lung cancer yet i thought i maybe heard he quit smoking a while back but maybe not he must have oh he looks pretty good for uh, his age yeah anywho let's try and finish out this movie where do we go from here? They they bust out of the sewer. Yeah, Phoenix uh, and his uh, crew. Uh, he gives them a little pep talk, and then they they show up in the in the sewer and start opening fire on the underground people. Mm-hmm. And they fight back. Yeah, Phoenix ended up bailing to the surface, uh, and he steals a cop car. Oh, and there was a nineteen seventy Oldsmobile, four four two. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that you know you always try to brand me as the car guy but i'll contend that anything dodge related (laughs) i think you're the car guy well not really but uh so the this 1970 oldsmobile there's a uh elevator to uh bring it up from the sewers i forget it comes up in the middle of a oh it comes up in the middle of a modern oldsmobile dealership yeah which is uh, something they got wrong because Oldsmobile <laughs> yeah. ceased existing in like 2002 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it was even it was before the the late aughts collapse. Yeah, yeah, because it was Pontiac mostly, lasted longer. Yeah, Pontiac lasted a lot longer because Oldsmobile was just like an alternate version of Buick. Like yeah. they they were kind of the same thing uh, after a while. So they got that wrong. Oldsmobile, not around in 2013. <laughs> Although it could come back. It could make a comeback. Yeah. I'm That's... surprised they haven't brought Pontiac back. Yeah, I don't know. They uh a lot of a lot of car companies are consolidating their uh their brands. Cause they were all under General Motors. So they're all kind of like yeah. Chevy, they're all Chevrolet knockoffs. But it's it's basically done like Chevy Buick and Cadillac, and then they have GMC, which is just SUVs. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we get a nice car chase with uh, a shootout in the middle of the traffic, <laughs> which is just horribly uh, unsafe. Mm-hmm. He's a demolition man. Yeah. At one point, John Spartan. Climbs out of his uh, Oldsmobile, tells Huxley to drive. She doesn't know how to drive it because she's only driven the newer, like self driving cars. Yeah. He jumps from the top of the Oldsmobile onto the cop car that Simon is driving. She's driving like Malcolm McDowell in time after time. (laughs) It's true. It's like the opposite, though, because. uh, they brought the car ahead in time instead of the other <laughs> yeah. way around. Yeah. Um, so we get nice stunt work there with uh, him on top of the car and Phoenix trying to fight him off. And 
he ends up losing his gun uh and then he gets uh spartan hanging out the side of the the car uh and eventually spartan yanks simon out of the car which looks pretty painful oh and then the uh the auto drive ends up driving john smartin into the uh the pool outside of the police department mm-hmm. yep and we get the chief coming out and he's all pissed he wants to arrest john spartan but no huxley's on spartan's side and she tells the chief to go shovel his job and uh <laughs> <laughs> friendly and garcia are together united with the the people of the underground but eventually we uh let's see we we get to cocktoo uh cocktoo's place um huxley and spartan fight off a couple guys around the same time as when jesse ventura kills cocktoo because simon phoenix can't cocktoo cocktoo <laughs> sorry but uh, it's very unceremonious. It's just yeah. like, oh, he's dead now. But we end up in the uh, cryo prison eventually. Spartan and Phoenix one on one because he's uh, he's trying to thaw out eighty prisoners with multi life sentences. Mm-hmm. And as we mentioned, that doesn't make any logical sense. But don't think about it too hard because it's a pretty sweet action scene. Yeah. <laughs> so. At one point, there's like a crane in there. It's like from the claw yeah. game. Uh, and uh, Spartan gets caught, caught up in the crane. And Phoenix is playing. He's like toying with him. He's shooting at him as the crane rotates around the room. Mm-hmm. But he shoots out one of the like hydraulic uh, tubes. And uh, Spartan uses that to freeze one of the arms of the crane and break it off. Yeah, because it's not just hydraulics, it's also liquid nitrogen, basically. Yeah, so he gets out, and we get another pretty good fist fight. Uh, The prison is falling apart all around them. There's uh, a couple of prisoners that are uh, still frozen in like a a giant hockey puck shape, Uh, Mm -hmm. and one of them you see his dick momentarily. See, I must have missed that one. You'll have to look for it because <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, there's a dick in there for at least a half a second. <laughs> it's not, it's not Stallone's. It's just some frozen dude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as they're fighting, uh, Spartan just starts freezing everything. He swings on the crane again. Oh, he also, he, he freezes, uh, he freezes Phoenix because he breaks one of them. We talked about the the thing that looks like a, like a a level with the leveler disc in it and uh he breaks that and uh it gets on simon phoenix and he instantly freezes up and uh, everything else starts freezing around him uh and to avoid being frozen spartan grabs the crane which is still rotating around the room and mm-hmm. uh, as he comes around he kicks the head off of the frozen simon phoenix yeah which is a fantastic special effect very cool literally literally very cool yeah i lifted that from terminator 2 i don't care it was fucking awesome you know but it seemed like there was a lot of movies in the early 90s that dealt with somebody who was going to be uh frozen with liquid nitrogen and then blown apart is there there's another movie i'm thinking of so we got terminator 2 
this and what else? Something oh. else gets frozen. Well, in 95 and Goldeneye, spoiler for you, uh, one of the kind of bad guys gets uh, frozen. Yeah, it is liquid nitrogen. Uh, he gets frozen with it and then blows up. But yeah, I... there's another one though, I thought. It does seem familiar. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, another one. I know there are other ones that, that do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 90s trope. It's a yeah. really cool effect. Yeah, and then we get the shot of uh, Spartan running out of the building as it explodes. Because mm-hmm. he is the demolition man once again. <laughs> I was again. just going to say, because he's the demolition man. <laughs> and so he brings the cops and the underground people together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do we do without Cocteau? And then he says, you get a little dirty and you get a lot cleaner and meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and he kisses Huxley and they run off to go fuck. Yeah. Because that's what you do after blowing up a fucking prison of frozen prisoners. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think died in that prison? Is that included in the death count in the trivia? Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, so Spartan was wrongfully convicted. So no one else in there was wrongfully convicted. Well, exactly. And they were going to thaw at least 80 people. <laughs> at least. And that was just the multiple life sentences. That's not even like the small yeah. time uh, criminals. Oh, we didn't mention it. At some point, Simon Phoenix admits that he killed all the bus hostages at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they were already dead. You just had their bodies in there. Oh, by the way, you you didn't kill them. I did. In case you were wondering, in case it was heavy, you know, in case it was heavy on your conscience. So I guess we can rate this thing. Definitely recommend. It's a lot of fun, cheesy fun and '90s action. I will give it an eventually. Eventually. Yeah, like I said uh, earlier, like the more. The more times I watch it as we get along into the future, I feel like it gets better. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I, I'm going to give it a soonish. Soonish. Okay. But it's a, it's a ton of fun. Really funny. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of humor, uh, a lot more than you might expect. And, and the action scenes are amazing. So yeah, I, I think it would. Uh, maybe overlooked in its time but uh it seems to get more respect and more appreciation these days yeah definitely so let's get into fun facts hey everybody here's some fun facts yeah fred decker did uncredited rewrites on the script when he was brought on the script began in the future and spartan was introduced when he was brought out of suspended animation decker suggested that this movie open with a prologue set in 1996 to showcase Spartan and Phoenix in their natural environment, saying that if you don't show Kansas, Oz isn't all that special. Love me some Fred Decker. Night of the Creeps, and uh, he also did the Monster Squad too, right? Uh, I believe so. Him and uh, Shane Black. Black and Decker, just like the the vacuum cleaners. (laughs) Here's a fun fact. Wesley Snipes' kicks and punches sometimes look lurchy and awkward. Snipes is an accomplished black belt in real life, and his kicks and punches were so fast that they blurred on camera. Hence, the producer at, the producers asked him to slow them down. <laughs> Which I think is often the case with 
legitimate fighters when they do movies. Yeah. Like I think when uh like Mike Tyson has done like like I'm thinking Mike Tyson in the hangover. I, I think they told him to slow down. Mm. Here's a fun fact. Sandra Bullock's costume during the Taco Bell sequence was made of stones and gems weighing approximately 40 pounds. After the fight scene outside of the restaurant, when her character gleefully jumps and replays the action, her dress actually started to rip, which is why she's holding her arms to her sides after Sylvester Stallone walks away. Mm -hmm. Here's another fun fact. So when Simon Phoenix meets Dr. Raymond Cocteau, in the aftermath of the museum battle, Cocteau is seen wearing a white hat almost identical to the hat worn by William Hartnell in the long-running British science fiction series, Doctor Who. So all those Doctor Who nerds, I'm sure they saw that, and we just went right over our heads. I've never seen Doctor Who. Neither have I. Uh, Sylvester Stallone wanted Simon Phoenix to be played by Jackie Chan. But Chan declined since Asian audiences don't like the idea of actors who have always played heroes suddenly playing evil characters. That sounds legit. <laughs> it probably is, but... Uh, Here's another fun fact. Apparently Sandra Bullock replaced Lori Petty after a few days of filming. Uh, mm. Petty, Petty left due to creative differences. That makes sense. Petty was a, all the rage in 93, 94, 95. a better movie for it. she probably went into tank girl or something in the army now oh boy is that uh Polly shore yeah yeah nandy dick oh boy (laughs) that was 94 i believe and i think tank girl was 95 that was another sci-fi action film she did uh free willy and and poetic justice in 93 Ooh, I haven't seen Free Willy since I was a kid. That that might be a stay tuned. We might have to revisit that. I've never seen it. I wasn't. Oh, really? I wasn't a Free Willy kid. I I, mm. I was one of those kids that looked at the the trailers and TV spots and said, "I don't. Get I don't it. give a shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Why do people like this? What about Beethoven? Oh, Beethoven was my shit. Okay, maybe well, that's yeah. a stay tuned. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah, it was. Uh, the dog bit the guy on the dick. I actually watched that like a year ago and it, it held up. It's still pretty good. <laughs> this is a tangent. I know we're, we're trying to wrap up a little bit, but uh, watching Beethoven now, uh, Charles Grodin reminds me so much of my dad when we got a dog. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, because he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to get the dog yeah. because he didn't want to take care of it. And mm-hmm. he's like, everybody's got to promise to take care of the dog. And then the dog comes and he's the only one taking care of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Here's another fun fact. So here, uh, for some non-American releases, references to Taco Bell were changed to Pizza Hut. Since the former was virtually unknown in many foreign countries at the time. This includes dubbing plus changing the logos during post-production. Taco Bell remains in the closing credits. In both the Dutch and Swedish releases, the subtitles still use Taco Bell, while the sound and picture have been altered as above. Also, when using closed captioning on cable television, references to Taco Bell are changed to Pizza Hut. Mm. That's not confusing. (laughs) 
in a retrospective on his filmography, Dennis Leary called this movie a giant piece of shit. <laughs> He's so wrong. Well, Sylvester Stallone is on record as being pleased with the movie, calling it a good action film ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, according to screenwriter Daniel Waters, the inspiration for the three shells came about when he was writing a scene where Spartan has to use a restroom. He was trying to come up with a futuristic with futuristic things you'd find in there. He was having trouble, so he called a buddy, another screenwriter across town, asked him if he had any ideas. Coincidentally enough, that person was in the bathroom when he answered the phone, looked around his bathroom and said, I have a bag of seashells on the toilet as decoration. Waters said, okay, I'll make that. I'll make something out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Says here, the General Motors shut down Oldsmobile in 2000. At least they announced in December 2000. So maybe it was the following year, but that's right about about when you said 02, I think. Yeah. No, right around then. Here's a fun fact. Uh, the title was taken from the police's song of the same name, hence the use of Sting to remake the song for the movie. Yeah, I forgot to bring that up. I did my notes that I was like, wow, what a shitty song by Sting. <laughs> the credits is rolling. I was like, God, this is terrible. Yeah, oh. I, didn't know, I didn't know it was a song <laughs> by the police. Like, I'm not a big fan of the police or Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that Sting did the theme song at the end, and I thought, well, he must have wrote it for the movie. But apparently, yeah. it was the other way around. The movie was made based on the title of the song. Oh, it's god awful. <laughs> now we're sticking around <laughs> through the end of the credits for that one. But yeah, I think we can maybe. Uh, there's there's one more about the seashells. Okay. Sylvester Stallone stated in interviews that the idea behind the three seashells was that two were used like chopsticks or to clamp together to pull waste out of the body and the third was used to scrape what was left over. No explanation was made about how they were to be cleaned or sanitized between uses. (laughs) I could have done without knowing that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he made that up because that's that's not what the writer apparently said. The writer apparently just said mm-hmm. that uh, I was just going to put it in there and it's going to be funny. This is IMDb after all, so there's always a lot of errors. If I wanted my face covered in lies, I would still be in porn, right? I think that'll do it. Any other uh, that you see that are jumping out at you? No, I, I think we covered a lot of the the most interesting ones there's a lot more in there um, mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot but uh yeah it's a fun movie some uh fun trivia to go along with it yeah if you've come this far and you've never seen the movie go ahead and watch it. <laughs> yeah. so brett where can people find some of our awesome merchandise some of which you designed Actually, all well, of which, pretty much all of it. All of which I've designed. Uh, well, the logo, the, the original one. It's not out there. Oh, it's not there anymore? That's right. No, you told me we can't sell that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Even though I talked to Alex and, and Sam, and they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever put it back out there. Because you, you said don't put it out there. Anyway. It just felt weird. But it's all uh, it's all my designs. In fact, there's a couple that are 
movie related they're not even wtm designs they're uh drawings of movie characters with the uh, funny phrases on them and so, maybe for the horror extravaganza this year you can go back to doing a couple more uh, designs maybe maybe i discontinued my subscription to adobe photoshop so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know start using paint i don't know <laughs> if i want to drop $250 to subscribe for the next year. Mm. Uh, but we'll see. I, I have one uh, Halloween one out there that I think is uh, inactive right now that I could probably reactivate. But anyways, uh, go to WTM, watch this movie.creator-spring.com. Uh, check out all our designs. So there's a lot out there. Tons yeah. of designs, tons of different uh items that you can get the designs on it's not just t-shirts it's uh coffee mugs it's stickers uh hoodies you can get a cell phone case for iphone or samsung lots of different uh, items available lots of different designs check it out help the show out and uh, get some swag with it yeah you can also find that link at our twitter profiles which are at watch this underscore movie and bred at positively wolf one. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. The exchange of bodily fluids, do you know what that leads to? Yeah, I do. Kids smoking a desire to raid the fridge?